Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Sam. So welcome. First of all, we are so excited that you found us and joined us today on Wherever You're Listening. As the title of our podcast implies, we are a brand new podcast recapping private practice, the first Grey's Anatomy spinoff which premiered in September 2007 and ran for six seasons. Every other week, we'll watch an episode or two of the series and chat all about it. From character development to medical procedures, fashion, notable guest stars, and more. If you'd like to watch along with us, all episodes are available to stream on Netflix and Hulu. They're also available to purchase on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more if you're so inclined. As Private Practice is a Grey's Anatomy spinoff, it's sometimes hard to discuss without bringing up spoilers from all 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. However, we will never spoil Private Practice episodes we've not yet discussed without including a spoiler tag. That is right. So Sam, who are you? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh my goodness. Well, um, my name's Sam. I grew up in Pittsburgh, I went to college in Ohio, and I've lived in New York for five years. I'm an actor, singer, voiceover artist, um, history freak, Grey's Anatomy obsessed person. (laughs) How about you, Jackson? So as Sam said, my name is Jackson. I grew up in Virginia and moved to New York City just over seven years ago. Uh, Went to school here, studied musical theater, and I'm also an actor, a podcaster, All sorts of things. Um, I'm a Jackson of many trades, as you (laughs) might say. Um, I also work as an associate producer on The Ensemblist podcast, which celebrates the talented artists working in theater ensembles. So if you're into theater, check that out. Mostly behind the scenes. Sometimes I'm on the air. Um, Outside of these things, I enjoy reading quite a bit. A lot of LGBTQ+. Mainly nonfiction, some history, some memoirs, etc. Obviously, a huge Grey's Anatomy fan as well. So, Jackson, besides Grey's, what's your favorite TV show? Well, Sam, let me tell you something. I do consume a lot of television, but a lot of it just leaves me afterwards, and I don't really remember a lot of details. So, it's hard to give a favorite necessarily. So, what I'm going to do is tell you a little bit about what I've enjoyed recently. I, well, as I was re-watching Grey's Anatomy this spring, you know, I have completely forgot things from episodes I've seen two or three times. So, <laughs> As long as it doesn't have Levi in it, you are clueless. Correct. Um, <laughs> so recently, I have been very much into RuPaul's Drag Race, as have you. We love. Yes, me too. We love a good drag queen, <laughs> especially here in New York. Um, I watched Schitt's Creek recently which is just a fabulous comedy. I have a Rose Apothecary sweatshirt that I almost wore today. Oh my God, that would have been perfect. I know. Uh, For those of you who are listening, I'm currently in my Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital sweater, uh, repping some Grey's Anatomy here. (laughs) What are your favorite TV shows, Sam? Oh my goodness. Well, I'd say my number one of all time is Mad Men. And closely behind that is Downton Abbey, Gilmore Girls, um, I just watched One Tree Hill, and it's really sticking with me. I should have watched it in the early 2000s, but I didn't. I don't know why. But I just watched it, and it's holding a place in my heart. What's your favorite movie, Sam? Ooh, okay. This is a little bit, I don't know. But my favorite movies are um, the Lizzie McGuire movie, 
and The Princess Diaries. Awesome. <laughs> we love the Lizzie McGuire movie in this household. We love some like YA, not quite, not quite rom rom com, like a coming of age com. Yeah, we love it with fancy dress reveals. A hundred percent. What more could you Julie want? Julie Andrews. How about you? So again, I don't know if I have a favorite of all time, but I'll tell you what stuck with me over the years. I too am a big fan of these early two thousands films. My favorite of those, I think, is The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. That's high, too. A classic. Um, Anne Hathaway of The Princess Diaries and, of course, Meryl Streep. It's just wonderful. I also, from the early 2000s, love a little Freaky Friday moment. Lindsay Lohan. Your name in all my, like, second-tier faves right there. The best. Lizzie McGuire movie is great. Recently, the favorite thing I've seen in the past couple years, again, I am horrible at going to the movies because people are so often just so ill-behaved. It's very hard to pay attention. And it's so expensive. going crazy. And it's very expensive. In New so York. So anyway. In New York. Oh, listeners, oh Dear listeners, in New York, it's not uncommon for a movie to be $20 for a seat. And we're not even talking like 3D or Dolby Sound or something. Like this is just 2 o'clock in the afternoon, new release, 18 20 bucks. It's why you got to go to the 11 a.m. showing, Sam. Oh, uh, <laughs> They're like 12. I know. Uh, much better. <laughs> anyway, so my favorite movie that I've seen recently is actually a TV film produced by Freeform called The Thing About Harry, starring Grey's Anatomy's own Jake Borelli. Of course. And it's sort of an enemies to lovers queer rom-com. Super fun, super funny, written, directed, and produced by Peter Page from Queer as Folk, starring Jake. Highly entertaining hour and a half tight 90 minutes love it that's very on brand for you and i support it and made for tv so also made for me clearly since i like tv more than movies so sam how do we meet well we were doing a reading together at the dramatists guild what is a reading sam for those of our listeners who are not in showbiz so a reading is the step before a full production of a play or a musical where you just have the playwright the director the actors and stage manager just read the text. Usually it's an it's a staged reading is what we did. So the actors sit in a line and then they get up and stand at a music stand or talk to each other when it's their time. But it's usually done with scripts in hand. Very low key if they're yes. staging. It's pretty simple. They just want to hear the words out loud with different people, see how it works. Sometimes investors will come. Sometimes it'll just be people already involved with it. Sometimes it'll be a small audience from the public, which is what we happen to have. And so Sam and I were in this reading, 2017. Our characters never interacted in the show, I don't think. But we, of course, met each other because there were like 10 of us. And we met in the line for the bathroom. Okay, so dear listeners, I got into podcasts before Serial, which is I feel like when most people got into podcasts. But I would listen to them all the time when I was walking to and from class in college. And I was obsessed with the ensemblist. And in the credits... They always thanked this guy named Jackson Klein. So when I got the cast list for this reading, it said Jackson Klein on there. And I was like, oh, my God. I called my dad because my dad also loved the ensemblist. And I was like, dad, I was like, I think that Jackson Klein from the ensemblist is in the reading with me. And he was like, what? He was like, big New York actor Jackson Klein is in the reading with you. So I played it so cool, guys. I was like, I, I don't even think, did I sit next to you? In the, not in rehearsal, but in the final reading, you yeah, yeah, yeah. were staged like, next to me. The first day, I think I like could feel out 
what one you were because like I don't I didn't stalk you on Instagram yet I don't think okay. or anything like that but um I could just like tell by your aura that it was you so on our first five minute break we went to the um to the restroom and I was like and and this is one where like everybody stands in the line for like a single single bathroom um what did I even say do you remember I don't, but you told me that you knew who I was and that you listened to the ensembles. Yeah. I th- so you made me feel hashtag famous for oh, a moment. Of course. I forget my exact words. I did play it cool, but I was like, wait, are you the same Jackson Klein from the ensemblist? And I said, yes, I am the ensemblist Jackson Klein. Yes, it made me feel very cool for a moment, but it was nice to know that there was someone else in the room from a musical theater background. Because up to that point, that was really all I had done. So I was very nervous being in a room with all these serious play actors. Um, so it was nice to be like, oh, my God, you're my my people. Come oh, to you me. made me feel so legit. My degree is in classical acting. But you do musicals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, my degree is in musical theater. <laughs> and I do that sometimes. And I also like to do plays. But anyway, so we found out we both love podcasts. And then we chatted about that on all of our breaks. Our reading was on a Thursday, TGIT. Oh, yes. Thank God it's Thursday, Shondaland Day. Um, so we, of course, were having to miss Grey's Anatomy for the reading. But we were both, I think, excited about it. And I think we might have at some point realized we liked Grey's Anatomy during yeah. the day. But we definitely did during during the talkback. I know what after, you're going to say. <laughs> a talkback is when the audience can ask the cast and creative team questions after a play or a presentation or reading. And we had one. And a woman in our audience was asking questions in the talkback and suddenly looked at her watch, stopped in the middle of a question she was asking, and left to go home and watch Scandal. She said, I got to go home. It's time for Scandal. I can't miss Olivia Pope. And she stormed out with her many New York City bags. And, and we looked at each other. <laughs> and we looked at each other and tried very hard not to laugh. And then afterward, we realized we both love Grey's Anatomy as we bonded over that scandal moment. I think I may have said something along the lines like, oh, I wish I could go home and watch Grey's Anatomy, but we have to go out for a drink. I think you did because, you know, the Grey's fandom, I don't like the word fandom, but the Grey's love of the world is not as forthcoming as, say, the Harry Potter fandoms of the world or even the musical theater fandoms of the world. It's more of like a, the show has been on for so long. A lot of people make fun of it. A lot of people think it's boring or melodramatic. But if you love it and you're in for the long haul, it will, well, I don't want to say it won't betray you because we don't know what's coming in season 17, and I've heard some crazy we things. We sure don't. So have I. Yes. But, um, you know, the, Grey's people are are your people. You can find your person, as Meredith and Christina would say. Who is your favorite Grey's Anatomy character? Currently? Yes. Well, there are a few that I really love. First of all, I love, love, love Dr. Levi Schmidt, the series' first gay male surgeon, He is currently a resident on the show. He was an intern starting in season 14, played by Jake Borelli. He is nerdy and sweet and has such a big heart and has one of the most beautiful, not coming out, but gay-related monologues I think I have ever heard on television. I love it dearly. Um, And I always enjoy seeing him on screen. Another one of my recent favorites, actually, is Meredith Grey. 
I was not into her when I first started watching the show as a teenager. Um, but as I've grown and stopped resisting my dark and twisty side, <laughs> I found that her much more <laughs> relatable. I love her strength and her resilience um, through all she's gone through. And I really find her, I don't know if joy is the right word, but I find her thrilling to watch on television. Okay, okay. Who are your favorites, Sam? So I have three, and I've thought about this question a lot, and I can't narrow it down. Okay. So Miranda Bailey has my heart and soul. I love her. I feel that I'm like her in many ways. Callie Torres is also my favorite. She's the first time I actually felt represented on TV. I love her. She's incredible. Her storyline is great. I don't agree with all of her decisions, as I don't with Bailey, but I love her. And then, related to private practice... Addison, Forbes, Montgomery, Shepard. We love her. She's incredible. So now, I think it would be nice to talk a little bit about our relationships to private practice. The show we'll be discussing. Sam, what's yes. your relationship? Um, I love private practice. I watched it while it was on. I don't think that I watched the last season or two while it was on every episode because I was like, in rehearsal in high school or college or something that I just it was the time before Hulu and before DVR and such if you missed it you had to buy the DVD or catch it on a rerun so I I know I, I re-watched it again in its entirety in May and June I want to say yeah so and when I got to seasons five and six I was like this is not ringing a bell <laughs> so I've watched it at least twice in its entirety, but I've watched some episodes more than twice. And when we get to those, I will say, how about you, Jackson? Well, Sam, despite being a huge Grey's Anatomy fan for a very long time, I have never seen an episode of Private Practice. Now, I have seen crossover episodes on Grey's Anatomy, but if they've done any crossovers in the Private Practice time slot, I've not seen them. Now, I don't know why I never got into this because I did enjoy Addison on Grey's Anatomy. I was watching Grey's Anatomy live. By, I didn't start at the beginning of the series. Um, I caught up on DVD back then after seeing a rerun of the drowning episode in season three of Grey's. But Grey's Anatomy and I were in a live relationship <laughs> while private practice was still on the air. So I don't know why I never watched it, but... Now is the time. I also don't know why I didn't watch it. Because it was on right after. I was often watching Grey's the next day. Yeah. Um, because I'd be at rehearsal or going to bed very early. Things I like to do um, oh, yes. in my teen years. At this point in the episode, we discuss spoilers from upcoming episodes of Private Practice. If you're watching Private Practice for the first time and want to avoid these spoilers, please skip ahead to 17 minutes and 10 seconds. So, Jackson, tell me what you do know about private practice. Well, here is what I do know about private practice, Sam. I made a list okay, so I don't amazing. forget things. I'm not surprised. So at the start of the series, Dr. Addison Forbes Montgomery, the ex-wife of Grey's Anatomy's Derek Shepard, is transferring from Seattle Grace Hospital to a private practice, we love a title, <laughs> in Los Angeles, at which she has several connections to some of the other doctors there. I know... We find out what those connections are in the backdoor pilot, which I've seen because it was on Grey's Anatomy, but I don't remember what they are, so we'll find them out fresh again. I'm actually not sure if it's explicitly stated in the backdoor pilot or if they get more into it 
in the first and second episode of Actually Private Practice. We'll see. Okay, then maybe I don't know. Uh, but regardless, she has connections to these people, so she has a reason to go to this private practice okay. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I also know that Dr. Amelia Shepard, who is on private practice starting a few seasons in, is the sister of Derek Shepard from Grey's Anatomy. She later joins the cast of Grey's Anatomy after private practice ends. She and her boyfriend are drug addicts. Her boyfriend overdoses in bed and dies. And she also has a baby who dies shortly after its birth. Speaking of births, of which I'm sure we'll do quite a lot since Addison is a neonatal surgeon and OBGYN, <laughs> there is a very traumatic birth in a season finale that the host of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy stopped watching the show because of. Because of another Grey's Anatomy podcast called The On Call Room, I know that the characters played by Tay Diggs and Audrey McDonald, two Broadway darlings, get remarried at some point. They have a second wedding, which means they must get divorced. I think the divorce may have been mentioned in a crossover episode on Grey's Anatomy, if I recall correctly, but I don't know for sure. And that's all I know. Okay, so listeners, just so you know, if Jackson is correct or incorrect about anything, I will not correct him or say he is right. I would just say, hmm, okay. Also, we should say that um, two of our favorite Grey's Anatomy podcasts, if you're looking for a Grey's Anatomy podcast, um, episode by episode is the On Call Room, hosted by Brie and Abby. We love them. I'm a patron of their podcast. They're incredible. If you're looking for a more thematic version of a Grey's Anatomy podcast, Nicole's Grey's Anatomy is really great for that. It ran for about a year. She's a writer. She's in the business as well. And it has, like, if you want to have an episode about addiction, if you want to have an episode about cultural things, all of these different things. She has co-hosts and she talks about it. And those are really great, too. So those are two different takes on a Grey's Anatomy podcast if you're looking for Strictly Grey's. Thank you for joining us for our premiere episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHABpodcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to be the first to hear future episodes. To prepare for our next episode, watch the Private Practice Backdoor Pilot, which aired on Grey's Anatomy as Season 3, Episodes 22 and 23. They are available on Netflix and DVD. If you have thoughts you'd like to share on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with our first recap. Bye. Da, 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 da.